Welcome to Mission Control, Product Design's podcast on everything business, tech, and marketing. Since 2008, Peralta Design has launched hundreds of successful brands. Join Ramon and the PD Flight crew as they use decades of combined experience to tackle current events and interview guests while dropping valuable industry knowledge. At Peralta Design, we launch brands. But for now, let's launch right into this episode. Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff. Hey everybody, welcome to Mission Control. This is your host Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design and we launch brands and we've got our trusty sidekicks today. Uh, we got Jorge and Kevin. How you doing guys? Que pasa Mufasa? What's going on everyone? Doing great. Doing great. And we have a special guest. We have Andrea Fodor, business relationship banker at Newtown Savings Bank. How are you? Good afternoon. Yes, great. Thanks for thanks for being here for Hispanic Heritage Month. And you're also the president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Greater Bridgeport. That is correct. Thank you. Yes, we're very excited about the opportunity. Thank you for having us here. We we, we look forward to this amazing time together. <laughs> well, thanks for just making a, a pit stop here. On you have this big tour. You're going on all these radio stations. Well, you're, you're very kind. I wouldn't call it quite a tour. Um, but yes, uh, we have been actively promoting our event on October the 20th. And as part of the relationships that we built over the past few years, we were able to um, set some time with WICC 600. Um, we were interviewed by WPKN last week. Um, we have some interviews coming up with Viva Radio and also with La Voz and um, Univision uh, Nova Inglaterra is going to be interviewing us uh, wow. in the upcoming weeks as well. So this this came in, and I was very excited. So thank you. Thank, thank you. We're you. excited. Thank you for being here. And, and guys, we, we before we jump into that, and I can't wait to hear all about you and your background, and uh, you, you represent Ecuador so well thank you. in our community. Um, let's talk a bit about this whole phenomenon that's going on right now. Like everybody's talking about this, uh, which to me – I'm not mad at either one of them. Let them do their thing. That you know, Taylor Swift is is now sitting up in the uh, in the suite at, at NFL football games. What's going on? So it's amazing. First of all, <laughs> it's amazing to me that uh, that you have that you have uh, Kelsey and a Swift on both sides and both the Chiefs <laughs> and the Eagles now. And I continually think about Travis Kelsey's mom who has two sons, not only in the NFL, right. which is already amazing. One son, period. The 1% of the 1%. And then you have them both on Super Bowl caliber teams. Right, I remember right. that. And then you have her her potential, I mean, this this is probably going too far, but her, a potential daughter-in-law who's like <laughs> yeah, America's sweetheart. Slow down. <laughs> I think they went on a date. Right, right, exactly. He literally date. gave her her number. Somehow he gave her his number. And, and the thing is that this is one of those situations where he was already famous to us. Like we're we're football fans. Like we already knew who he was. Right. But it's kind of like you know, like what's that? There was some some other situation where people were like they hadn't heard of the Beatles before. You know, like because the song was remade. It, it, it's like there's generations that don't know. But now we have this crossover of like pop music. You know, she's she's like a billion dollar, the biggest you know, act star. in music. Yeah, I mean, bar none. People, Enough people to, were like, paying thousands of dollars. I think more than the Beyonce concerts; those were thousands of dollars. But they, you know, like the tickets to see Taylor Swift were just ridiculous. I mean, they had credited her with supercharging <laughs> the American economy. Wow. Like, how do you? Right. It's amazing to be 
Imagine being Travis right. Kelsey and being worth some thirty million plus odd dollars, and you're the broke one in the. Relationship. I know, right? Yeah, he's marrying <laughs> up, or right. dating up, dating up. But what's the controversy? Like the fact that she's there. Like why? You know, and now I even see memes like giving you like the really simple rules of football because now <laughs> like there's all these new people that are gonna watch football because she's she might be there. So I mean. The the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> you look at the guy overnight. As soon as it, as soon as she was on the broadcast, the sales started yeah. to tick up. Wow! So you had awesome. a four hundred percent increase in his jersey sales overnight. Talk about brand one brand leveraging another, another because right. his his jerseys were probably just mediocre sales. I would imagine <laughs> prior to this, now they're 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 selling out like astronomical. Well, they were probably I would get they're probably one of the top Chiefs. Jerseys. Top Chiefs. It's right. Probably I'll only Mahomes and then Kelsey. I'll give you that. I'll but, give you that. Yeah, by Monday morning, even on Spotify, there was already a tailgate playlist that had the picture of her at the Chiefs game. Oh, my gosh. As the thumbnail. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, I've never seen so much ESPN coverage on Taylor Swift or any ESPN coverage on Taylor Swift. It's also interesting, though, because all of the quote unquote Swifties in my life. Swifties, who, 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 is that what they're called? That's their that like the beehive. Yes, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what, they. So many of them, I'm, I'm like reaching out for comment, and they're like, I don't know. Some of them feel like it's a publicity stunt to begin with. You think you think her people call his people, or his people call her people, right, kind of thing. Exactly, because look at all the benefit that you get out of it. So I mean, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if that was the case. Yeah. But some of them, were, some of them were like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. Well, we'll see. So they think I, she's I too good for him. Nothing but benefits for him. True. I mean, what about Mahomes? The spotlight is not on him anymore. No, he's not that's, the most famous chief. That's a good thing. I don't need to see any more of his wife or his brother. Oh, boy. Oh, I just want to see him play football, and that's it. I'd rather see Kelsey and Swift. Kelsey and Swift. Oh, man. I and must say, this is very entertaining and very educational <laughs> for me. I, I know about football. My husband is an avid football fan. And he is a Jets fan. So I guess you guys must know the Jets we story. We can do the prices Right song. <laughs> <laughs> What's the sound effect, Kevin? You got to be on that. Oh, we got to update him. Uh, update him. Uh, I mean, rim shot talk about dedication. Yeah. Like that is, uh, that's talking about getting through trial and tribulation well, to be a Jets fan, especially this season. Oh, man. After the whole thing with Aaron Rodgers, that, like they were so hyped about it. And then it was. I did not stop game. hearing about it. Yes. I was going to ask if you had heard all about summer. it. <laughs> this is the year, honey. This is it. This is it. <laughs> He's coaching my children. This is the year. This is the year. I'm going to die, and there's going to be a Super Bowl. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to be waiting for this. And then, was it what, 10 minutes? 15 not minutes? Even. Oh, not I thought it was generous. The fourth play of the year. Yes. Oh, less than a minute of playtime, I'm pretty sure. Well, here's the thing. When I found out that my beloved husband was a Jets and Mets fan, I said, this is the one. He's a loyal, he loyal man. He likes pain. He <laughs> will endure just about everything, <laughs> and he will still call himself a Jets fan. So I thought this was a marriage made in heaven. This is definitely something worth putting my time into. <laughs> oh, goodness. Talk about through thick and thin. <laughs> On both sides, by the way. I'm a Mets fan, and I... Uh, Ooh, can so I you know to that. Yes, we've been there. It's okay, but it, so are you it, Mets and Giants or? Yeah, apparently I didn't know this was a thing until I uh, met Ramon. Where the, usually it's Mets, Jets, Giants, Yankees, right. but I'm yes. one of these weird Giants Crossover. Mets crossovers. You're a hybrid. Right? You're a hybrid. It, yeah, it doesn't happen too often. I attribute that to 
coming into football later on in life and that my yeah. dad wasn't he was you know huge into soccer coming from peru and mm-hmm. not that not really being his thing so we didn't grow up watching it i'm the one who put him onto football right. and by the time that happened we we you know we we kind of became giants fans at the same time so uh you know but so you went by the jersey that you like rather than where you lived in town kind of thing? I think it was. I'm trying to remember exactly what, what the moment was of my life where we were like, yes, we're Giants fans. But we just kind of came to that. I, and he was my coach in, in high school as well. So I think it just had to do a lot with that uh, underdog kind of mentality. Uh, you know, Giants have had this history of not being the best team yeah, ever. For me, but- it was that Super Bowl against the Bills in you know, 1990 because that's when I had – Said okay, I'm, I'm planting a flag in Bridgeport. I'm staying in Connecticut, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm picking picking my teams. There's something about it. I don't know. I just yeah. like the ragtag kind of, you know. But it, it's, ragtag's a good word, right, Kev? After the 49ers game, <laughs> was that the first game of the season? Because I don't know a lot about football, but I heard about that. Oh no, that. I don't know if we want to speak about that one. I don't know if the wounds are still too fresh. Okay, they're not, they're so, there was silence there. I, honestly, we did better than I, I thought we were going to do. It was a crushing blow no, no, like everybody was, thought. No, no, I was talking about like the, the first week. Did oh, oh the no, yeah. No, oh, yeah, she's the, talking about the first I'm week. I'm talking about the first week. Again. Oh, we were there. Oh, okay. yeah. We were there. That was tough. That was tough. And it was We tailgated that day, and, and uh, yeah, it was probably one of the worst losses I've experienced as a Giants fan. Apparently the worst loss in franchise history. So oh boy, we got to see history on the plot side, but golly, I don't want to be on that side of history. No, no. <laughs> wow. The Forty ers Giants game that wasn't wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It, it it you know it looked like we had a pulse. You know, at times uh, we it was competitive more so than I thought. And to not have Barkley, right. I mean, I think I think we did okay. But, uh, I thought it was really still impressive. A, still an L. We still took an L. Mm. A lot of, <laughs> so. Still a lot of party doubters, but that game I thought was great. because I thought, too, mm. I was like, man, they're blitzing a lot. Yeah. Um, but then they looked looked at the next-gen stats, and it was like the highest Possession time, too, that you guys had. Yeah, but he was able time. to handle it because yeah. I'm like, he didn't have a great stat line, but yeah. you guys blitzed, I think. It was like almost 90% of the plays. I, I think that was really the issue is that we blitzed so much that it became so predictable. <laughs> Then it was like, okay, they're just going to blitz again. Right. So, yeah. True. Well, let's get right back after these words so we can hear from our guest, Andrea Fedor. If you've got an innovation that you want to bring to the world, the first step is making sure you've got a great domain name. Visit shop.spacehost.pro to grab your domain name today and begin your new venture and your new business. Shop.spacehost.pro. everybody we're back and that was nuestro juramento by julio jaramillo as i just learned a very famous ecuadorian singer yes julio jaramillo is arguably the most um emblemic um you know wow that's um, a good vocabulary yeah, singer <laughs> singer that that came out of ecuador it was nice. it's a beautiful song and i figure your listeners had listened to a lot of different things but maybe not a pasillo ecuatoriano so that's Excellent. why i chose that I hope well, that you guys you. enjoyed it. Thank you. So uh, join me in welcoming 
Miss Andrea Fodor, back to the show. Andrea, tell us your story. Andrea, tell us your story. Okay, so I um, I was born and raised in the Ecuadorian Andes. I was born and raised in Quito, Ecuador. I moved to the United States when I was 15 years old with my family. Um, my father uh, worked in pharmaceutical sales, and he worked for um, SmithKline Beecham at the time. When there was a merger between Glaxo and SmithKline, um, there was um, you know there was only one GM position, and my father was the SmithKline Beecham one. So, you know they offered him a severance package, and for as long as I remember, uh, since I was a little kid, I remember telling my dad, you know what, Dad, <clears throat> when I'm 18, I'm gonna have my own apartment, have my own dog. And have my own car. Whoa. And wow. I am going to Miss Independence. <laughs> yeah. And I was <laughs> yeah. And and I'm gonna travel the world. At the time I wanted to be a, a flight attendant. And okay. I think it's because I just that was the only connection I had to seeing the world, right? Traveling. Coming from yeah, traveling. Um my father never said no. My father, even though he was a he is a very traditional Ecuadorian um head of household, never said no. He never said you cannot do this. He never said, you're a girl. Right. He never said, how could you, who's going to, you got to marry and then leave the house. Never, not ever did my father say this. So from a very early age, he fueled my um, my desire to be independent and to be self-proclaimed, mm. you know, to kind of like write my own story. Um, so uh, when that happened, my father said, well, let's give this a shot. Let's go to the United States and, and try our luck. My my father's siblings had all migrated to the United States several years back. My, I have my aunt uh, that lives in New York. I believe that she might have came, you know, I think she came back, I don't know, 50 years ago probably now. Mm -hmm. And then one by one, each one of her siblings came. So I landed in Shelton, Connecticut um, in March of 2020. I think it's March 1st. Did you? I mean, oh, wow. why? How? Like, well, Shelton it, for so, Ecuadorians. So... It's interesting that you mentioned that, Jorge, because every every immigrant that has come from, you know, from the old country, from their original country, mm. every person that I have spoken to, they remember the exact day that they moved here. And I think uh, it's something that a lot of us have in common. We just remember the day in which you did the crossover, right? The day in which you landed and, and, mm. and when you started. Why, um, Shelton, um, there was three out of four brother, siblings of okay. my father who lived in the area, so it was just the logical location i guess but <clears throat> in ecuador i attended an all-girls catholic school las hermanas dominicas they were serious ladies uh and and then Did they i do like hit you with the ruler they tried like once they tried <laughs> once and i said my father will be here and they never try that again uh but they they were very very strict very wow. you know very traditional um so i had actually never sat in another in a classroom with with a boy but but Never before. Like co-ed. Yeah, never. Yeah. Only girls. And I landed. So like a double culture shock. Double, triple. Like <laughs> it was it was a it was an incredible culture shock for me. So talk about not knowing coming from the Andes. So Quito is um, right in the center of the equator. Right. So you need layers when you live. in. By Quito. the way, is this where. Forgive me for not knowing the proper attire, but I've seen images of women wearing like der like derby hats or or like fedoras and and it's almost like they were influenced by 
Europeans or where does that come from? And is that Ecuador? Am I getting the right country? So Ecuador has a, very, a beautiful diversity. We have like four different regions, right? Group. So there's four different regions. We have the Andes, the Amazon, La Sierra, mm-hmm. and then the coast, um, the Amazon and the Galapagos Islands, right? So each one of those regions has a, a huge variety of indigenous groups. Otavalos is might be might be the group of people that you're thinking mm-hmm. about. They're located in the in the highlands in the, in a small town called Otavalo. Uh, the Otavalo market, I think, is one of the most prena- like renowned um, mm-hmm. markets in the South Americas when it comes to you know um, artists and and you know people artisans the, and craftsmen. Craftsmen. They yeah. make like those. Uh, you see like llamas and, exactly. and the quilts and things mm-hmm. like that. all of that stuff. Um, so, so I, it's hard to tell Ramon because there are so many different, different, uh, different cultures. Have you been to the Galapagos? I have not been to the Galapagos. I am ashamed to say that, but, um, I, my family all has been and, and they've loved it. It's, it's beautiful. I just, just read about it, you know, like Darwin, Darwin's, uh, you know, books and, and, uh, how all the, there's, there are species that are only there, only you know, native to Galapagos that aren't found anywhere else. So That's it's right. like, why? Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, especially in the location that we're in. But yeah, so yeah, the Galapagos Islands, is, it's its own region, right? So mm-hmm. it has its own culture, its own things. Um, <clears throat> but going back to the, to, the, to the original thought was, I came from, you know, an all-girls Catholic school, landed in Shelton, Connecticut, first time coming into um, a winter, because it was March, right? It was still cold. I'm used to taking a shower and going to school. Well, I took a shower and I went to school only to find out that by the time I sat on the bus, my head was frozen. I had oh, no. very long hair. Oh, no. Oh, no. My head was frozen. My hair froze up. Oh, and I did not know what was going on. So the when you're talking about culture shock, you know, <laughs> to me, it was sunny. If it's sunny, yeah, it's going to be fine. But I didn't take into account the, the, the cold weather and what you know, a North American winter is like, <laughs> but I learned very quickly. I learned very quickly. Um, so that was, that was me. I ended up in Shelton high school, didn't speak a single word of English, uh, when I came here. Um, and back then Shelton was not very diverse. Um, there was a lot of Caucasians, um, mm-hmm. a few, uh, you know, Central Americans, uh, you know, Hispanics mm-hmm. and, and just a few blacks in the, in the, in the, in the school, but the majority of them were, um, American. There was no English as a second language as an option. Um, you were just immersed. Immersed yeah. all the way in. <clears throat> and even though it was really, really tough, I think that that was the beginning of my journey of resilience. Like, you know, I, there was nobody, I learned very early at the age of 15 that nobody was going to speak for me. Then if I really wanted to be known, if yeah. I wanted my opinion to be heard, then I was just going to have to find a voice to, to do it. I was going to have to find a way to kind of like be my own advocate. Um, and as many children of um, immigrant families, I was 15, but I was also, you know, I was the person that went to the bank and did all the banking. Right, I was right, the person right, right. that, you know, paid the rent. I was the person that called the person that told them that, you know, the shower's not working. Like, you know, I was it. I was the representative for my brother in element in middle school. And so it's amazing how you become the voice of yes. the family sure. at that point. You know what I mean? Like there's so that you hear that so often where, you know, the, the parents don't have that voice and then they look to the next generation to pick up the mantle. So, yes. Um, so, you know, it, uh, it was, it was, it was an interesting dynamic. It was a very interesting dynamic. Um, something that is not, um, you know, 
out of the question for the majority of the Hispanic Latino immigrant families that yeah. I know because that's just the way things it's work. It's a common narrative. It's a think, common narrative. I that's think right. you become uh, you definitely hone your leadership skills and, sure. and and you know the responsibility is on you. Um, but I think it's it, it better prepares you, makes you a stronger person. I agree. I agree. No. Um, as you know, in the Hispanic culture, no. you know, there's great pride in, in, in having your family, uh, your family's honor being kept on, right? Like your, your decisions, your actions kind of like um, push shame or pride onto your father's, you know, forehead <laughs> and like in your name and whatever. So, mm-hmm. so your actions are, are very much, um, you know, looked under a microscope. And mm-hmm. as a young child, because I was a child, I was 15, um, you don't understand the, the, the gravity and, and the, the weight of it, but you just learn to navigate it. So right. you just become, you know, whatever you need to become at the time. <laughs> yeah. You're like a chameleon. You just right. have no choice but to learn. Yeah, but I, I mean, your parents had to have been proud of how well you adapted because you quickly jumped in and took these leadership roles. And, and um, any any extracurricular activities at, at Shelton High? Did you do sports or anything? No, I was very worried about how to learn how to speak English. Uh, I have to say, yeah, <laughs> that truthful, yeah, that was my sport, learning how to say mountains. Yeah. I could not. And then there was another word, Greenwich, right? Like I would read and I'm like, it says Greenwich. Why are these people yes. saying Greenwich? Yeah. English is not easy to learn because cer- it breaks every possible rule oh my gosh, yes. of grammar. I often get asked, um, how did you learn, right? Because yeah. I, I don't think so, but many think that I don't have as thick of an accent as I guess people might expect of me since I came from the United States. And and I don't know if this is the right thing to do or not. I'm not a linguistics uh, specialist or anything, but all I used to do is I used to just close my eyes and and have the person repeat the word and then I will just mimic it. I will just mm-hmm. mimic how it sounded and then I will just start using it and then I worried about how to write it later. So right. that's, that's my tip for the day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so how did you become this amazing banker and, and president of the chamber and all that? Where, where did it, after Shelton High, what happened? After Chantal High School. So my parents moved back to Ecuador when I was 17 years old. I'm a January baby. and well, that, I, That's not a very long stint here then if you came here when you were 15. Two years? Two yeah. years my parents went back because, you know, the story of my father is, is similar to many others, right? He was an executive at a pharmaceutical company, and I came, he came to the United States, didn't speak English, ended up working a very humble, very rewarding job, but he was working at a, at a, at a laundromat, right? So for him, he went from having a team of like over 30 people report to him and the right. sales team. Executive. To work, yeah, he was an executive, to work in, in, a, in, a, in, in a factory setting. And, and for him, he just thought, you know what? I came, I, I told you I will bring you here to learn the language. We're good. Let's go. Um, mission accomplished. Mission you got accomplished. it. I'm out. Yeah. Yes. And and the goal was my father went back because he started his own business. Mm-hmm. And then my mother was supposed to get in the plane with my brother and I. Only problem was I just never got on the plane. Wow. So, Wait a minute. You just didn't want to go or, or you I missed did not want to go. So okay. my status had expired. My visa had okay. expired. So okay. if I returned back to Ecuador, that meant the possibility of returning back to the United States was slim to none, right? Um, and I knew that I wanted to accomplish what I said I wanted to do. I wanted to have my own apartment by 18. I wanted to have my own car, my own dog, and I wanted to be able to go to school and get a college degree from the United States of America. That was the goal. Um, so we did that. I lived downtown Shelton on Howe Avenue. Uh, there was a young woman who was my roommate. She worked in night shift. 
she worked 12 to, you know, 11 to 7 or whatever it was. And I worked the morning shift. Um, well, multiple jobs. I used to work for um, a manufacturing company downtown in, in Derby. And then I used to work as a um, pharmaceutical tech, I think, a pharma tech, a, 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 like the CBS, a 24-hour CBS here in Ansonia. And then one of the, the nice women that I work with at IDA International, she um, taught me how to do bookkeeping. So then I picked up a bookkeeping gig on the weekend for one of their smaller contractors, and I used to do their books. All of that. Um, and I was putting myself through school. So it was a busy, a busy, a busy time. It was a busy time and a time of a lot of reflection and a lot of um, self-discovery. I was here by myself. I had family surrounding me, but I lived on my own. Um, I came from a home where my mom, we were, we were lucky enough that my mom uh, worked at home. She stayed home. She was a homemaker. My father was the one that stepped out out of the household and, and kind of like brought the bacon. So I was always, you know, there was always home for me. There was always a mom to get home to. There was always somebody waiting for me with a warm meal. And then the day my, the day my mother left, you know, a new reality kind of kicked in. And I was very, very young. At the time, I didn't understand what that meant, the, the responsibility that comes along with freedom or with uh, libertad, right. libertad or libertinaje, you know, libertad. Mm -hmm. and, and I very quickly learned that nobody does your laundry anymore. <laughs> there is no dinner on the table when you come home from work or from school. And that you just have to find a way to, to write your own story. Um, so I did. I did. Um, there was a lot of trials. There was a lot of challenges. I faced um, several, several things. Um, but through it all, you know, I have a very strong faith, um, mm -hmm. you know, in the depth of my darkest moments. You weren't just, giving up. Nope. No, it was just me and my creator and and just, you know, calling out for help and, and hoping for the best. And and I think that in those deep, dark moments, I is, is one of those times in which I found my voice. Um, you, you may, you may relate to this, but <clears throat> in the Latin culture at times, uh, females, um, or, you know, in general, we're not, we're not used to saying no, we're, we don't teach our children to say no, um, to things that may not be the best for them. If it's good for the family. Right. Right. Yeah. If it's for the sake of the family, you just got to comply <clears throat> and do it. Because it's kind of like, it's almost like that sacrifice is built in yeah. from, from the get go. From and the it's, get -go. Never, it's never really question is really expected until somebody challenges it right. which also doesn't always go down super well, well but i can talk to you about that um <laughs> but but i i found um i found my voice again in, in in those dark moments and i knew that there was time for me to say yes and no and why um i was very sick during a period during that period of time there was a, a stay, um there was about a five I think it was five or six year period in which I did not have the ability to see my parents because I was staying here. I was working mm -hmm. out my, my legal status at the time. Uh, my parents were in Ecuador and their visa had canceled, right? Expired. So they couldn't come. And in those five years, a lot of things happened. You know, a lot of things <laughs> happened. Um, and, you know, I remember, um, I remember getting a phone call from my mother after I was a, a little bit sick. Um, I was, I was not a little bit sick. I was a lot sick and I ended up in the hospital for a little bit. And my mom called me and said, you know, so-and-so called your father and said, you need to get her on the plane to go back to Ecuador because 
nobody can watch over her. Nobody can help her. Nobody can do anything for her. You know, she needs to be doing things on her own. And I guess my father's answer was like, but she is on her own. She has been on her own. <laughs> She's, no one has watched over her. What makes you think that now is going to be different? Yeah. And in that moment, I remember thinking, you know, the stereotypical thought, right? I remember reading in your book about what, what you felt, you know, everybody thought you, you had a, young, a kid at a very young age. Well, yeah. this is, let, let, I'll, I could tell you how this story is going to end kind of right. thing, right? You, you don't want to be a statistic. I did not want to be a statistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everybody was betting on me being 17, getting pregnant, right. not going to school, not finishing college, not doing any of those things. Um, and I was like, mom. guess what? That's not happening on my watch. Right. <laughs> um, so here we are. Here we are. Uh, a few years later, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, um, even though, <laughs> you know, even though I might have been born in 1985. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the one of the reasons why I decided to actively become involved in the Hispanic Chamber is because when I was growing up, as I mentioned, I moved into Shelton High School. There wasn't a lot of people to look like me. Mm. And there was certainly not a lot of Latinos that were successful in business or out in the community that at least I knew. Maybe there were. I just couldn't find unaware one. of them, yeah. you know, unaware of them. Um, and I felt that it was important to to represent those families that I know still exist. Those Andreas, this 15 year old Andreas who are trying to translate hustling. for mom and dad. The 17 year old kids are trying to, you know, hustle th two, three jobs to put their sem themselves to school and pay for their rent and figure out what they're going to eat for dinner. You know, there is a lot of Andreas out there right now. Um, and in the thick of that, it's could be a little bit of despair because it's, it's a tough it's a tough time but right. to hear a story of somebody who is just like you who has tried who went through the process and who didn't die doing it during it kind of you know might, might make you say I, I have another day i can do it too i can do it too i yeah. can i can i can try this one more time again tomorrow and see where this leads me so um, when I started working for Newtown Savings Bank about six years ago, I, um, I said, you know what, I, I am going to be, um, actively in my, I, I want to become active in my community. So I started doing some research. I looked at the, the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I found Clodomiro Falcón as the, you know, the legendary, the legendary Clodo. Clodo, right? And I gave him a call and I was like, Mr. Clodomiro, este, yo quiero ser parte de la cámara. Será que me puede ayudar? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a call. Let's have lunch. We had lunch, um, and he was like, "Yeah, let's let's get connected." Since then, I have been a part of the chamber. I have served in different different roles. Um, most recently, under Marisol Herrera, who was our president for for several years and who did an amazing job. Um, I, I served as her vice president, and we were able to initiate and start the whole, um, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month celebration mm -hmm. after COVID, right? Mm -hmm. um, and is our third year. We're going strong, and we're very proud and excited. Yeah, I feel like when you came on, it, it went to a new level. Oh, thank you. You know, and you were vice chair or vice president, but then you guys had like a co-chairmanship for a while, no? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, no comment. Um, we won't pry. Um, but... Now, you know, Marisol is, is off doing other great things, yes. and you decided um, you were going to carry the torch. Yes. And, and tell us a little bit about the chamber, how big it is, uh, how, what area it covers, how many businesses you have in it. Yeah, so the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce has been in business or, or serving the community since 1972. It's been, this is our 50, 
51st year wow. serving the community. Um, and well, so there's a rich legacy. So talking about picking yeah. up a torch, it's not easily, it's not a torch that's easy to bear either. So, I mean, think about, you know, a lot of weight I, to it. Exactly. I don't know if that gave you, if that ever for a moment gave you pause, like what the responsibility that you'd be taking on, you know, for such a storied organization. Well, um, I believe that my life story just taught me that whatever comes your way, you, if you just give the best, give it the best of your ability, then things are going to end up in the right side of, uh, of history, like, like Ramon was saying before, <laughs> you know? So, um, so it, should I have thought about that? Probably. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't. I'm not going to lie. But maybe better to be able to to just think about the mission at hand and yes. not about what's, you know, whatever has come before and allowing you to focus and be able to to manage that that much better. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I have to tell you this. When Marisol and I talked about the possibility of doing this event now three years ago, almost four years ago, um, we had one goal in common. If it was going to have our name on it, it was going to be the best possible thing that we can do. And on year one, we had Peralta Design as our, as our title sponsor. We were like, woohoo, we're moving, we're moving in the right direction. Uh, and, and then ever since, it has been nothing but positive. Um, the, the, the chamber uh, does uh, a lot of things for, for our members. One of the main things that we do is we, we provide workshops and, and um, financial literacy opportunities for our members, both in Spanish and English. <clears throat> we partner up with several other organizations. We work together with the uh, CEDF, um, with um, SBDC, with the SBA, and we partner up with them so that they can provide the, the, the material that they have already created um, to our members free or cost. Um, one of the key differentiators between us and other chambers is that we, number one, uh, you know, support and, and, and highlight the Latino-owned businesses in the area. But we really focus and we really help the micro-businesses. Our micro-businesses pool of, of members is much greater than our, you know, our, you know, uh, larger companies, uh, corporations, and, and, and the bigger guys. And the reason why we like to focus on that is because we believe that they're not being served properly. They, some of them don't even speak English. So having a board that has five members, six members that all speak Spanish, native Spanish speakers that have, a, have the ability to answer any question that a, a board member or, or somebody that's inquiring has in their own language and explain to them with, with detail um, that is something that that is important and, and that we 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 were proud we're proud of yeah absolutely I mean and just being able to connect them to resources and For capital sure. and programs that they otherwise would not have access to yeah um, the, um, the the in my experience working with the chamber um, there is there is great amount of of, of desire and there is there's an, a lot of entrepreneurial spirit out there there's just not enough education. There is not enough education. People do not know how to navigate the process. Right. They don't know that they need to set up uh, an LLC in order to be registered with the state of Connecticut or they need to register their, their business as, a, as, as an entity with the state of right. Connecticut. Um, and what are the choices, right? Do you want to be an S Corp? Do you want to be LLC? They're hardworking and they understand their craft, uh, their craft and, and how to charge and how to get paid. But oftentimes it's cash. Or they're they're not really set up to pay the taxes, or right. or they there could be in our community sometimes trust issues with going into a bank. So, um, from what I've learned, uh, oftentimes they'll lend money to each other versus going into 
you know, a, a bank or going to the SBA or something like that because it's intimidating. It's a very cultural right. thing, you know. People, why am I going to borrow from the bank when I could just, you know, put all my life savings towards it? You know, they don't and understand. risk your <laughs> risk yeah. your life savings right. instead of the bank's money. But exactly. So they the the concept is there is a lot of pride that comes from it, that, there right? Is. There's a lot of pride that comes from saying this my money. I, I earned it. Own, I did it on my yeah, own. Yeah. I didn't need anybody's help. I cannot tell you how many times I get that line from clients yeah. that I serve. They're and like, they're like, you're hurting your business. It's like, like congratulations, but your business could be here. That's exactly. But because of your ego, it's here. Right. You know? And and it might be ego, but it might be just ignorance. It they is. just do not True. understand. They just True. do not know any better. And having a trusted advisor that sounds like you, that looks like you, that can relate to you in your in your language really makes a difference. Uh, so there is a lot of responsibility that comes along with being one of the board members of the Hispanic Chamber because you could at any point be tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, you are, you know, you're Andrea from the Chamber. Can you show me how to do this and that? And then you need to make sure that to the best of your ability, you provide them with the best connections and the best resources out there. Um, so the Chamber does a good job of making sure that we connect with businesses and we promote and we um we partner up with businesses that have wonderful reputations that are there truly to support the community, truly to care for others that want to pay you forward. Peralta Design is one of those examples. You, you, you've done a very good job of making sure that if you cannot help them, you send them over to us so that we can then try to find a solution for them or get them a, you know, a, a, a place where, where they can start. And, and that is what it's all about. So finding, finding that community is key. And the Chamber is very proud of the, of the work that we do. Well, I just want to say thank you for uh, I'm I'm very grateful to have you in the community and 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 the leadership that you display and and the way you represent our community and the people you help. So thank I just you. want to say thank you. Thank you. It's not it's not an Andrea effort. It is it is the effort of the chamber. We have uh, a group amount of people mm -hmm. that are actively working and trying to do the very best that we can. So yeah, it's awesome. it's labor of love, but there is very rewarding. It's very rewarding. And For sure. what about your mom and dad? Do they know about this? <laughs> they know about the Hispanic Chamber. They do. <laughs> they do. My mom knows about My mom lives with us. Okay. My mom lives with us. I'm, I'm incredibly lucky. Blessed beyond So measure. now you do have some hot meals. Uh, I most certainly do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I gave that up for five years just to get it in for, for the rest. Yes, I, I, you know... In Latin America and other cultures, multi-generational homes. The extended family. It's, it's, it's a normal thing. Yeah. My husband is American, so every, every once in a while when we go to a party, his friends are like, man, your, your mother-in-law lives with you. He's like, what are you talking about, man? This is the best. <laughs> She's so nice. She loves my kids. She has, you know, she folds our laundry. She helps us with dinner. <laughs> Can you imagine living with Andrea by myself and not my mother-in-law? Like, you know, that would be terrible. No, he doesn't say that part, but I'm sure he's thinking it. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're incredibly lucky that, that we have her support. That's beautiful. What a story. Tell us, uh, as we wrap up here, about this upcoming event. The uh, that's held at the Knowlton again. What a great venue that is! Yes, it um, is. Tell us about it. How people can attend or sign up or or yes. what else? Thank you. So I have good news. We're sold out, right? Wow. So we wow. have class. Kev, Kev, you're, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> we are sold out. We are. We have had such a positive response from all of our partners, and we are sold out. So we anticipate a full house 
Um, but this is a, an event that is free to the public. Um, our corporate sponsors and our title sponsors are the ones that support this event. Our title sponsor is Cabanillas and Associates, and our corporate sponsor, M&T Bank, um, are the main supporters of it. And it is, because, it is because of them that we're able to extend this opportunity to the public for free. It is important to register. So if you're interested in registering, you can visit www.hccgb.com org and then just register there we would love the opportunity to meet you there is going to be lots of fun we have amazing food amazing entertainment great company is it is a good old latin party <laughs> and uh if you haven't been to one yet i recommend you attend i think that, that ramon can speak to to how fun it was it's, it's the attendance is just out of out of this world i think it's just because like we were saying it earlier um Latinos, we just don't do anything small. So <laughs> yeah. we, we roll deep. We roll deep is right. So for for an expo, it's very very well attended, and and you get a lot of dignitaries come out. For sure, the power of the Hispanic, you know, buying power and voting power. You'll see everybody that's running for anything will come through there. Absolutely. <laughs> Shake hands, kiss babies. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, and shout out to MT Bank because they're really putting themselves. Uh, in the forefront of the community, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, formerly uh, pub, People's United Bank, and uh, we welcome them in the community, and it's great to see them sponsor this event. And it also says you're going to have the live music performance. Any any hint as to who that might be? You just need to show up and wow. enjoy it, man. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be good. Were you there last year? I was. You were. Yeah. You, so you remember how, yeah. how good it was. I think uh, it was... Can I give it away or no? It's not going to be the same group. It's not going to be but, the same but it's, group. But it's, but it's very similar. And the food is excellent. Kev, so, you know. <laughs> just, this time. Kev's already there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, there was one year where there was like a, a, so much food left over too. And like bottles we of have, wine and yep. everything was being handed out. Yeah, and, I remember first year. Your dad was there. I was like, Mr. My dad Peralta. had like two bottles yeah, of wine. Yeah, I was like, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't, tiene una tarrina, le lleves comida. And then if you want some liquor, take take some Take some bottles of wine that home. Was wild. It was it was fun. It was it very was fun. And I love hearing that it's gonna be comida latina too. In that, I love how that's this. It becomes this bridge to all these other cultures too. And something that I love that the next generation also is so passionate about. Like my oldest just started uh, school at UConn, and she sends me. Uh, she's at uh, the Stanford campus, oh. and one of the local eateries uh, supports her meal plan, and she sends me a picture of us like. Hey, I had to get this this uh, lomo saltado. Uh, you know what I mean? Like she's oh, just yeah. been sending me all this great food that she's like. It I just like tastes. how they just put fried eggs on everything. <laughs> that's, that's, the that's the best. Did you not know that's a that's a South American thing? Arrocito con huevo frito yeah. y salchicha. That's oh, that's that a is, meal, man. Listen, talk about like struggle meals, but that you looked forward that's to. That's right, like, man. Like, I'll eat white rice with ketchup on it. <laughs> yes. You get home and you're just like nothing's ready. All right, what do we make? Pow. Arrocito con huevo. My daughter knows that. She knows that if she doesn't want it, like anything else that my mom has made arrocito con huevo and she's uh, like alright fine all right. like, I'll that's have like that. her chicken nuggets <laughs> yeah. much better than nuggets much better than chicken nuggets yeah. alright well thank you for being on our show um, you know this is amazing for everyone uh, you know just to recap Friday October 20th 2023 from 3pm to 8pm at the Knowlton Come see us. Come see Andrea at the 2023 Hispanic Heritage Month Business Resource Fair and Expo. 
Andrea, thank you. You're an amazing person, strong leader in our community, and thank I thank you. you for all you do, and thanks for being on our show. Thank you, Ramon. It really is a great honor to be here. We really appreciate the opportunity and the exposure. Um, the Chamber is in debt to you for all that you do for us. So thank we thank you. You're welcome. All right, everybody. This is Ramon Peralta with Peralta Design, and we launch brands.